Hello and welcome back to PCI Pal's podcast channel, Secure Payments. My name is Phil Jude. I'm Director of Channel Sales for EMEA at PCI Pal. Back in June, our partner 8x8 invited me to join them and a joint customer, Liverpool City Council, for a speaker session at Sockham President's Week 2021 conference. The following recording is taken from the event where myself, Russell Tilstead, 8x8's Public Sector Director, and Alison Hughes, Director of ICT at Liverpool City Council, discuss service delivery best practice beyond the cloud contact centre and why the public sector is leading the way. First off, I'm not sure which way rounds to do this, Alison. So either thank you for having us or thank you for joining us. But um, but this is um, this is a great opportunity because um, you're joining us today as a, uh, a customer to talk about your experience and um, going beyond uh, implementation of a cloud contact centre. So I think it's going to be quite interesting. Um, for those who don't very know, interesting. Us, very, very, very interesting, Alison. Absolutely, yes. Uh, so, uh, so like, I don't think you need introductions, Alison, but um, you tell me otherwise. I think it's fair to say no, you're. Um, but the, I'm talking at the, in this session about my experiences within Liverpool City Council. That's it, exactly. Full disclosure. Um, that's uh, that's that's the guise under which you're um, you're, you're you're talking. Uh, so look, um, my name is Russell Tillsaid, and I'm the director for public sector eight by eight. I'll tell you a little bit about what we do in a minute, but um, I'll hand over to Phil just to introduce himself first. Phil, over to you. Yeah, thank you, Russell. So my name's Phil Jude. I'm the Channel Sales Director at PCI Pal. So my role is very much about driving growth through our network of partnerships and integrations, a lot of which are focused on the public sector market. Um, and in terms of where we fit in, PCI Pal are a financial technology business. We, we specialise in contact centre payment security. Uh, and we've created a range of software solutions specifically tailored to the contact centre market which allow organisations like Liverpool City Council to actually transact with their customers securely, um, but crucially without exposing any of their agents or infrastructure to sensitive card data. Now, I think a lot of the people um, joining today will, will obviously be aware that there's now very strict kind of governance and compliance around this handling customer data. Um, so PCI Power software is, is really in place to remove this burden to make it a lot more efficient when organisations are going through these you know, very onerous auditing processes without compromising on, on customer service. So um, hopefully that helps as a quick introduction. Yeah, that, that's great, Phil. Thanks very much. Um, and just for those of you who don't know 8x8, eight eight, um, so what do we do? We provide a um, single platform that delivers contact centre, voice, video, uh, Teams integration, Teams telephony, uh, all under one roof, and um, Phil is uh, is a partner of ours. So Phil is one of the areas of technology where um, we we actually outsource. So everything else is our own, which is cool. Uh, if you look at the customer base, we've got over a hundred public sector customers today. Yeah. So Alison, uh, can we start with a pretty benign uh, question, please? And could you just give us an overview on challenges uh, that the pandemic uh, highlighted specific to Liverpool City Council. Okay, so we went like most local authorities, we went into the pandemic um, 
kind of our business continuity arrangements kicked in straight away. We had a really old creaking contact centre platform that was just about to be replaced and we had to deploy all of our agents from the contact centre to work from home really quickly with a uh, creaking old platform. Um, real challenges for us because we still had a lot of face-to-face -face, um, services that are offered to our community, all of which closed. So all of that contact, all of that um, demand shifted to our contact centre advisors. We also had a whole range of new services, um, grants, support to people through food, isolation, all of those things suddenly directed towards the contact centre. Um, and really high expectations in terms of residents needing support from us, needing for us to show community leadership yeah. um, and really highlighted well so, as well some of the digital um, inclusion issues that exist within our organisation because not everybody has got access to digital facilities and all <coughs> that demand shifted to our contact centre. So a pretty difficult situation for us to manage really. Mm. And, and Alison, would you say um, you know, issues but caused potentially by system limitations? Did you experience any of yes. those? Can you talk to us about yes. that? Yes, a lot, of, a lot of issues experienced by that. Because of our creaking platform, which was very old-fashioned technology, it took us longer than we would have liked to get all of our agents online. And whilst we had fantastic performance and fantastic feedback from our residents, in terms of resources to actually get people up and running, it was really clunky and it took a lot of time. Um, and had we had our new cloud infrastructure in right away at the beginning, it would have been a, a seamless resource-free exercise, but it was a very, very complex exercise to get those people up and running. Yeah. What, what um, Phil, I'm going to bring you into the conversation in a minute, but one more question for Alison first. So um, what would you say the important lessons learned were about um, empowering? So you've got a workforce that's regimented previously uh, working for a single building, and then you go to this new situation, this new world where people are working from home. What, what are the key things, what are the takeaways that you, you, you can talk through? I think um, things would have been much easier had we had um, technology at the beginning that was designed to do what we wanted to do, that was really kind of focused on working with our residents and engage sort of providing a seamless service. And I think, um, it, you know, staff had to navigate their way through quite clunky equipment and a clunky infrastructure um, to get on board. And despite that, they were hugely resilient. They were hugely, um, you know, responsive to change and they kind of showed that wartime spirit and, and got up and got on with things. But it would have been so much easier had we had um, the, the, the right system in place really at that time. And the difference between now when we've adopted our new solution to the initial clunky technology is significant in terms of the way it's been taken forward by staff. Uh, yeah, I, I like the wartime analogy as well because it is very much, you know, 
and and I think one of the one of the things about war is it will catch you by surprise. This absolutely caught everyone by surprise. And yes, if you could have had the technology in place beforehand, wow, um, that would have been a a, a very interesting, uh, uh, a very simple maybe transition. Um, Phil, so there's there's a there's an important point about this because obviously when transitioning and sending people to work from home, um, you still got the problem, of course, of uh, of of taking payments from members of the public. Um, can you talk a little bit about the challenges around that and, and and how they were overcome with Liverpool? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, everyone's talking along a similar theme today about how disruptive COVID has been for organisations. I think, you know, if we, if we turn back the clock to last March now, when we first went into lockdown, it caused a lot of businesses some major operational headaches. And you know, there, there was a need to quickly transition to business as usual and maintain continuity versus actually having the right systems and applications to enable that secure um, remote working. And for a lot of businesses, this exposed some cracks in their strategies. And we, we saw often some big concessions here, you know, to the detriment of customer experience, but also compromising security as well. Um, so, I mean, some of the trends that we saw, particularly around payments, were that, um, you know, in-store payments and, and cash pretty much disappeared uh, as a channel. And there was a big sort of resurgence in voice and, um, you know, businesses using this to maintain revenue, but also be, becoming more proactive with, you know, chasing customers, contacting them, collecting debt, so on and so forth. But one, one of the challenges this creates is how do you actually secure the remote working desktop environment you know it's far easier in a traditional bricks and mortar contact center um, to, to sort of sanitize that agent desktop mm. so what one of the challenges with sort of you know transitioning to this um, remote working environment is how do you sanitize it you know you, you've got agents that are exposed to customer data um, you know credit and debit card information and it's, it's it becomes very challenging kind of understanding that the spread of that data um, so in, in our experience, you know, we we work with partners and I had some really successful proof of concepts working with a lot of, you know, forward thinking authorities that were keen to look at using technology as a way to mitigate some of these risks. And, you know, some, some really fantastic success stories there about how we delivered tactical workarounds in just a, a couple of weeks to, to really address this. So I think looking forward as a sector, um, you know, everyone's had their different experiences, but it's something that everyone has learned from really quickly. Um, and as I guess where, where things have changed is that solutions like PCI power, which was perhaps historically more of a nice to have, is, is now front and center and actually critical to, to longer term cloud adoption um, with one eye on, on where agents are going to be based in, in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the point about cash disappearing, I mean, my goodness, who would have thought that, that would have, you know, all but have gone during uh, in the last 12 months? Um, I'd, have, I'd have put my money on 10 years time, maybe. So. Um, so, yeah, um, critical infrastructure now. OK, so um, over to Alison then. So service delivery um, and in particular service delivery best practice. What? would you say um what would you say were the perhaps significant positive impacts um that you've encountered as a result of of, of making the, the technology changes you did 
Is there anything that's gone better than you could ever have imagined? Um, loads of it I have to I have to say loads of it went better than we expected I mean I think for me it was a really challenging decision when you've got the level of dependency that we had on a contact center during a pandemic to continue with your um implementation of new contact center technology during that but it it was definitely the right thing to do I mean the feedback from our workforce is that they really appreciate the flexibility that they've now got in terms of working from home that it's made a real difference to their lives and our productivity is really good um despite the fact that it's been very challenging and we've had a lot to do lots of things that we've never had to do before we we've really done a you know a good job in terms of of supporting our residents we've done a lot more um outreach work than we've ever done before where we're calling residents as opposed to them calling us because we've supported the track and trace um and the testing um elements and getting people vaccinated we've supported the nhs in doing that we've seen um you know we've started to embrace things like video conferencing um as a, another avenue for residents who've got more complex queries and we think it's the right time to do that because of the growth in tech and the use of tech generally in people's personal lives that's yes. an opportunity people have got more familiar with us and we love the fact that our solution enables us to do that and it enables us to interact with people through social media in a way that we've you know we've not done before other things that are really important from a service delivery perspective and it touches on some of the things that Natalie was talking about so we've been able to do things like virtual coffee rooms and um, where staff can go and have a chat thinking about the mental health element of it we've done um, a virtual visit to Chester Zoo as a kind of staff morale type thing because it gives us something different to talk about other than COVID and work which is all people have had to talk about for ages isn't it yeah. um so you know all those all those things have been really important and it has made us really rethink how we manage our service and and how we do that and you know what virtual leadership looks like in the context of this new way of working and the, the feedback from staff has been so positive about the difference it's made to them in terms of giving them a better work-life balance and that only benefits um, our residents doesn't it because if you smile or you're happy when you're talking to a resident they feel that as part of that interaction and it, you know it really enhances that customer experience yeah i mean you make an important point there i think Alison, about the because we talked a bit about the employee experience and we talked about how it benefits the the, the public <clears throat> one of the things um i'm sure people listening will be be thinking is uh, wow you seem to have done quite a lot we have to um, but blimey, you know, there's 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 all these different things going on. Um, to what extent has it been important that the systems have all been connected up as 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 one sort of one one sort of system? Has that helped at all with um, deployment with integrations? Can you talk a little bit about that before we move on to sort of futures? I mean, massively. It, for us, it was really important that we had good visibility of that end-to-end -end customer journey. Um, everybody is challenged in terms of resources and how we use our resources more effectively and everybody is challenged with 
this experience has got to be good. People's expectations about an interaction with an agency have massively grown. It's that Amazon type thing that we were talking about before. So there we are having to deliver that enhanced customer experience with that constant pressure on our resources and how do we marry the two things together. So it's got to be about better understanding of that customer journey, of getting the metrics that enable us to understand where we've got failure demand, where we've got customer customers falling out the system and creating demand as a result of that customer experience failure and getting better at analyzing that and using it to really enhance the quality of our service and that's something that we're really keen you know to develop further building on the technology that we've now got that enables us to do that good good great great response um i mean i'm i'm just wondering phil from your side um the 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 use of smartphones by the public, um, the additional ways that, that the expectation that the public now has to be able to interact. Um, did you see any? Did you see any specifics from the Liverpool implementation that you wanted to talk about there? Yeah, I, I mean, I think in terms of where the, the, the sort of product portfolio goes in, in the future, I think you know, long, longer term customers, longer term customers are going to demand. You know, better and easier ways of communicating with businesses. Um, you know, linking back to the payments landscape, I think we'll see you know, voice diminishes a channel, and what will emerge is this sort of omni-pay environment where customers are able to actually transact across their preferred medium, whether it be you know SMS, WhatsApp, web chat, social media. Um, as a whole, society is becoming more tech savvy. Um, you know, we're really dragging people forward into the 21st century now, and I think this will, will drive habit and also that there will be an expectation on businesses um, like Liverpool to, to cater for this, you know, very wide demographic, being able to actually turn any potential touch point into, into a transaction and an opportunity to drive revenue. Um, so kind of reflecting on the deployment, whilst the, the kind of phase one was to sort of replicate some of the processes they were already doing, around the contact center and back office particularly around those voice channels i think longer term we, we can actually layer in some additional value and, and look at um, sort of catering to, to some other digital channels to future proof the business going forward um so what about so we've got a couple of minutes futures and specifically automation because that's a really important uh, you know next step um some questions have come through, by the way, in, in the in the room. We'll try and get to those one way or another, um, either like on this verbally or after. So, um, Alison, just talk a little bit about what you've got planned next and what you what you what your vision is um, with with your suppliers now moving forward and what you want to do for community. OK, so we've already got some things like chatbots working across some of our web areas and they um, we're looking for closer integration with the agents in the contact centre as part of that so that, you know, it, it can actually direct you to that contact if you're stuck. Loads of opportunities to link um, our technology together around social media. IVR is now well established in um, the contact centre in terms of call routing. And what we love is that some of this now just fires people onto the um 
the information on the web, which is about reducing demand. It's about managing resources. It's about driving channel shift. It's about getting those people who do not need to be ringing our call center, using the other avenues around information. So really important. It's here to stay. We just make, need to make sure that it's really well designed, it's really intuitive, and it really enhances the customer experience and that it doesn't create um, an added layer of complexity. If it, it, it's there and it's got, it's just got to be right. That's the, the processes have got to be right and designed from a customer experience. Thank you for listening. For more information on secure payments, data security and PCI compliance, please head on to our Knowledge Centre at PCIPAL.com. If you've enjoyed listening today, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe to keep updated with the latest episodes.